Today, you are going to be hearing a sermon from one of our ministers here on staff. We hope this word blesses you, and remember that we love and appreciate your time here. Now, let's hear what the Lord has for you today. Happy Mother's Day, amen, because this, I mean, it shouldn't just be this day that we make special for them because it's a hard job, amen, for them, amen. How many remember when you were kids and what you put your mom through? Hello, somebody, amen. I thank God for my mom. Uh, uh, She's not here no longer. She's 14 years ago. She passed away from cancer, but she was a praying mom. That's why I'm here today, amen. So I want to encourage those moms. You're praying for your children. It may seem that they're getting worse, but keep praying, amen, because prayer works, amen. Well, I I got the awesome privilege of ministering uh, this morning. So if you're taking notes, I titled this, Those Who Wait. Those Who who Wait. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28 through 31. I'm going to read out of the NLT, and it reads like this. Have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. Verse 29, he gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. But verse 31, but those who wait, those who trust in the Lord will find new strength They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Let's pray. Father, we're careful to give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise, Lord. Lord, I pray, God, that I step aside and you use me to minister your word this morning. Let our hearts be good soil, my God, and let everyone leave here encouraged through your word, God, knowing that we're in a race, God, and, and that in the race, God, that, we, that you will renew our strength, Father. But most importantly, God, we want to encourage the mothers that are here this morning and watching in our live stream, God, and let them know, God, that we really appreciate them, Lord, and we're careful to give you all the glory and the honor and everyone said amen and amen how many thank god for your mom amen amen today's mother's day is one of the days each year where men put aside to honor their mothers of our children amen and and sometimes you buy a gift and you buy the wrong gift how many could say amen men let me give you a couple of pointers do not buy her anything that plugs in if something needs to be plugged in, she'll see it as a tool. Amen? Don't buy her nothing plugged in. She'll say, that's a tool. Do not get her any exercise equipment because this will lead to six months of her asking why you think she needs to lose weight in the first place. And I guarantee you, you will not be able to explain it to her. Amen? My suggestion is for you to buy her something that is only for her and that shows that you're thinking about her happiness, amen. And if you follow that rule, you're going to be okay, amen. Because sometimes we buy her things that we think, no, no, you don't know, ask her, amen. Simple, ask her, amen. Mothers teach us most of what we know in our early years, amen. Mothers get us a mother's love, amen. Mothers keep the family together. How many could say amen? I mean, they keep it there. They keep everybody connected. How many of you know also you don't mess with the mother's children? 
because mama bear comes out, right? I mean, you, you touch their kids and, ah, you know, it's like, man, don't, don't mess with them. But at the same time, amen, the scripture that we use here talks about getting tired. How many know even as mothers that you can get tired? Get tired of praying for your children and you don't see no results. Get tired of, of standing on the promises of God. Get tired of saying, man, my marriage seems to keep going like this and, and I'm praying. And sometimes you use all your energy. Maybe you're tired this morning because you didn't get sleep. Or maybe you're tired because you didn't go by Stella's kitchen and get your coffee this morning. <laughs> Amen? Or maybe you're physically tired. You worked long hours and you just made it here. You know, you say, man, I had to drag myself. But the good news is that you're here. The good news is that you're watching in our live stream. Or maybe you're emotionally tired. You're ready for something to change. You're like, God, I, I can't do this no more. I mean, no, we go through seasons like that. God, I, I can't do this. God, if, if you don't step in, I don't know what I'm going to do. Maybe you're spiritually tired. You've been fighting in prayer for your circumstances, and it seems to get worse. Maybe you're praying, and, and every time you pray and you travail in prayer, it's like things get worse. I mean, no, we're in a marathon. It's not a sprint. When you look at marathons, it's like a 26 miles is the minimum for a marathon. And I'm not saying that you run 26 miles and we'll be over. I'm using this as an illustration because today's society does not know how to wait. Right? We don't know how to wait. Get in a, get in a red light and it takes too long. That's why some of you get tickets. You don't stop for the red lights. You keep going. What about going to a restaurant and they tell you, hey, well, you got to wait. Here's at least a 40-minute wait. Then you say, I'll forget it, let's go. Then you spend an hour looking for a place to eat, and then you go there, and you still got to wait 15 minutes. Maybe men waiting for your wife to get ready. Hello, somebody. Before you got married, you wait patiently. Tell us, okay, take your time. Now you're outside honking the horn, like, hurry up, just go. You're going to make me late. See, it's a marathon we must endure. But that enduring, it means pain. I mean, no, enduring means pain. It, it's prolonged pain. And, and the minute we feel pain, we want to quit. The minute it gets hard, the minute things don't go our way, sometimes we just want to give up. But the scripture here we open with says, they will run and not become weary. They will walk and not grow tired. The word weary here does not mean a physical tiredness. The word weary here, it means the exhaustion from the hardness of life. Amen. The pressures from life. Life keeps hitting us. And sometimes life throws us things, amen, that, that we don't under, understand. You may be here this morning and you're exhausted from the hardship of life. Life just keeps throwing all kinds of things at you. And there's moments when that one word comes to your mind. And that one word that nobody likes to say. And it's that word quit. It's that word, give up. It says, quit. You're never going to become that great mom. It says, quit. You're never going to become who the Lord created you to be. Or maybe the word, give up. Your children are never going to get saved. Your, your kids are never going to get better. Your marriage is never going to get better. Or then you start saying, Mary, maybe I married the wrong one. Or you're never going to receive your healing. So I'm just going to give up. Or maybe you want to throw in the towel and you say, man, I'm only wasting my time. There's going to come times in our life where you feel like giving up. 
We can all relate to that. It's a marathon, amen. There's going to be times for the, for the ladies or for the moms or even for the men. If you're a cook, you feel like quit cooking. I'm not going to cook for you no more. You don't appreciate my cooking. Hello, right? You give your husband the plate. They don't even tell you it's, it's good. You're like, I ain't going to cook for that fool no more. You know, he don't appreciate anything I'm doing. I'm not going to wash his clothes. Let him wash them themselves. You know, he leaves them all around the floor in the room anyways. Let him pick them up. Some are, you got to quit trying to grow hair. It's not going to happen. Amen. I mean, I'm sorry. Amen. Some people want to quit your job because you don't like the way they treat you. Or then all of a sudden that, that God opened the doors for you to get in with no experience. But now that you're in there, you, you think you want more money because they're not appreciating you. Don't move until God says move. Amen. Don't just say, I'm going to quit. Some people like just want to quit loving people because they take advantage of you. Right? I'm not going to love them no more. All they do is take advantage of me. Some want to quit eating healthy because some of that healthy food doesn't taste too good, right? Quit eating salads, right? Or, 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 or are you the type of person that goes order all that food and then you take a picture of the Diet Coke to make it look like you're eating healthy? You see, when you feel like quitting, remember verse 31. But those who trust or those who wait in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They would walk and not faint. Remember here, the people that are looking to you are, go are going through so much. There's people looking at you right now. Your kids, maybe your neighbors, maybe your friends at work, and they may give you a hard time, but they're still looking at you because when they go through things, who do they call up? They call you up. Hey, can you pray for me? I want to encourage you. Wait on the Lord. Because you can run and, and not become weary. That's good news for us this morning. We see in these verses that God's people were weary. What was taking place is they were discouraged and overwhelmed because they had been defeated by another nation and taken from their homes. Now they were living like strangers in a foreign land, which is Babylon. And, and they also knew they had heard that God still had a purpose for them and that God had a promise to bring them back to Jerusalem. But in their tiredness, they started thinking, can God? promises really be true because sometimes we get like that we start off good we're all excited we're fired up but in the middle part we start getting discouraged man God is your promise going to come true are are my kids really going to get saved because I'm praying for them and and it seems like they're getting worse and worse that means your prayer is working and and your prayer is working because the enemy is hitting them harder amen am I really going to get healed and and you want to give up no stay standing on the promises of God amen and God will give you the strength and and some here saying is God really able to come through on what he said some of us feel like that. Moms, you may feel like that. Maybe you're here this morning and your children told you they were going to come and they didn't come. So you're feeling a, a little discouraged. And you're saying, man, they said they were going to be here and they're not here. I want to encourage you. Wait and let the Lord strengthen you. Amen. They were enslaved by the most powerful empire of their day. And they were at the mercy of the king. And they were wondering, man, God, how are you ever going to come in here? And then in verse 30, it says, even the youth will become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. And that's a sign for the young people. Yeah, you got all that energy, but the scripture says you're going to get tired also amen especially nowadays tired of, of, of trying to separate from the world where all of a sudden you just give in to the world well it's okay if I do this nobody knows 
That's free 99, amen. That's not, I'm not here to preach a youth message. But how many know even the strongest among us are overwhelmed? And, and so here, the prophet speaks God's word to them. And I just have two points this morning, amen. Uh, uh, we must ask ourselves, and this is my first point, who are we waiting on? Because when the scripture says wait, we have to ask ourselves that. Who are we waiting on? And Isaiah 40, 28 says, have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of earth. And it says he never grows weak or tired. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. And even that, because sometimes we try to understand God. How many ever try to understand God? God, I don't understand why it happened like this. So that part, no one can measure the depths of his understanding. You could Put on Google, and he still won't know what God is doing for those that like Google. You know, it says you'll never measure the depths of his understanding. We're never going to understand it, amen. Uh, and that's where trust comes in, and, and that's where waiting patiently. But God, you know, God isn't now suddenly tired and weak and unable to help Israel. They were at a place of God, we're tired. So if we're tired, you must be tired. I mean, no, God never grows weary. Amen. Look to your neighbor and tell him God never grows weary. Your situation may seem impossible, but God can bring you back to your appointed time. God can keep his promise for your life. Amen. He never grows tired. It's not like he says, okay, I'm tired now. Time out. You're on your own. Because some days it feels like that, right? We're on our own. But how many know we can't go by our feelings? Our feelings will always find our emotions. Our faith will always find God. Remember that. So if you're going through changes here this morning, you're, you're feeling going through, don't, don't lean on your feelings. Wait on the Lord. In Psalms 147.4, it says, he the God, that, he says, he counts the numbers of the stars. He calls them all by their names. So if he knows the stars by their name, he knows you by your name. Remember that. He knows exactly what you're going through right now. I mean, and so, so too often we settle for comfort or, or for giving up. I'm not going to give my best no more. I'm tired. I mean, that's where discipline comes in. Discipline will keep you doing what you don't want to do. That's why Paul says, I beat my body and I put it into subjection for my body won't tell me what to do, but I tell my body what to do. Amen. Because too many times we go around and say, oh, that happened because I was tired. Then learn discipline. Learn godly discipline so that won't happen. Amen. That was free 99. Amen. Let me give you another free 99. Exodus 20, 12. It says, uh, 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 we're given a commandment, honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. It says, honor your mother. You might say, well, my mother doesn't deserve to be honored. Well, the commandment from God didn't say anything about your mother's qualifications. It just says, honor your mother. And it says, honor your mother. Why? So you can live a long life. Now generations, they don't know how to honor their mother. I mean, back in our days, man, you know, our moms had that special chancla. You know, that when she threw it, it turned corners and it still hit you. You know, we didn't talk back. We didn't talk back because we got it. You know, back then our dads had extension cords and wire hangers and they would beat us with that. Nowadays they call it abuse. Nowadays you can go to the store and see kids talking back to their parents. You know, where's the honor? Where's the honor? That was just free 99, amen. 
So honor your mother. Remember, not just today, every day. So who are we waiting on? It, it gives us two things here. It says the everlasting God. I mean, no, we have an everlasting God. Amen. The Lord is the everlasting God. I said the creator of earth. Psalms 90 verse 1 and 2 says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place for all generations, even from everlasting to everlasting. You are God. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That means God doesn't change. Amen. If God touched our lives in the beginning and, and, and gave us breakthrough, guess what? Even in the middle of this race, God is going to give us breakthrough. Even when we're tired and we're waiting the right way, God is going to come and strengthen us amen and then it says it talks about run but then it also says about walking because how many know sometimes we're not always running but we're walking as long as we're still moving some of you may came in so well i'm just crawling it doesn't matter keep crawling amen let god strengthen you amen see god is commonly portrayed as being eternal However, there is more than one way to understand the concept of eternal. On the one hand, God may be thought of as everlasting, and that everlasting, it means that God has existed through all time. That's what everlasting means. He's always existed. On the other hand, God may be thought as timeless. Now, timeless means that God exists outside of time, unconstrained by the process of cause and effect. It means nothing can change his mind. Oh, but you don't know what I did. It doesn't matter. That's not going to change his mind on how he loves us. Some of us are here and, and you're ready to give up on the promise that God's given you as a mom. And he, the Lord is saying to you today, no, just keep walking and let me strengthen you. I know the hurt you feel. I know the pain you feel. But I'm here to give you a fresh strength. And then it goes on and it says the creator Genesis 1, 26, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness, not physical, but a spiritual personality and a moral likeness, and let them have complete authority over the fish, the sea, the birds. It says, Over everything that creeps and crawls on earth. The Creator created man first, and we all know that, from dust. He didn't need some special thing. He said, well, whatever I have here, I'm going to create you. And then in, in Genesis 2, 7, then the Lord formed that is created of man from the dust of the ground and breathed life into the man. And then Genesis 2, 18 says, now the Lord said, it's not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper. And then the Amplified Bible says like this, I will make him a helper. And then it says, one who balances him, a counterpartner who is suitable and complementary to him. I mean, no, husbands, your wife balances you, right? When, when, when you get out of line, she gives you that one look, right? Right away, it's like, all right, let me, let me, let me, you know. Like, don't do it here because I'll, I'll front you off, fool, you know. And so they balance us off, and, and that's a good thing, amen, because they're the opposite of us, amen. And, and, and sometimes we, we mistake that and say, well, we don't get along. And nowadays they say, oh, we're not compatible, you know, we're, we're going to separate because we're not compatible, man. You, know, you were compatible before you got married. Why? Because you were doing everything on your part to make it work. Now you stop doing things on your part to make it work, so now you think you're not compatible. And then Genesis 2.21 says, The Lord caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and while he slept, he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh of that place. He, again, God created man and woman. Amen. None of this transgender stuff. Amen. Hello, somebody. Amen. I mean, it's man and woman from the beginning. So we are waiting on the one who does not grow tired or weary. 
Now, why is this important for us to understand this morning? Because if you know who you're waiting for, you'll wait. Right? If, if you're waiting, sometimes you're waiting, and like, like your kids, if they're teenagers, uh, they didn't come, so you leave them. And let them learn their lesson, you know. But then if you're waiting, say you're waiting for somebody that's really important. Not that, I'm not saying your kids are not important, but sometimes we got to teach them those lessons. Amen. Uh, but you're waiting for somebody and you're going to wait. Amen. If you know who you're waiting on, it changes your perspective. I'm waiting on the king of kings. I'm waiting on the creator. I'm waiting on the one who doesn't grow tired or weary. I'm waiting on the one who knows everything I'm going through. And he knows I'm at the point of giving up. That's who I'm waiting on. How many of us have a favorite place to go eat? I mean, it's so good. You wait, right? You get there and they say, hey, it's a 30. Oh, that's okay. This food is so good. I'm, I'm, I'm going to wait. I mean, you can go get that food at any other place, but it's not as good as this place. Amen. So you wait. You don't have a problem waiting. Amen. How many have ever been to the DMV and you see all type of angry people? Right? Like, man, everybody's mad, you know. They get their ticket. What? Q12. I got to wait that long. The Berlian A. The only person that is not angry there is the young person who just got their driver license. They're happy and they say, it doesn't matter how long I waited. Why? Because they knew what they were waiting for. We will wait if it's good enough to wait. How many know that God is good? I said, how many know God is good? Look at your neighbor and tell them God is good. Tell your neighbor that God is good. This word wait in Hebrew in this passage is the Hebrew word uh, that is talking about it in Isaiah 40 is kava, Q-A-V-A-H. It means to wait actively with anticipation, hopefully watching for God to act. Actively waiting. It's there and it's, we're still waiting. Yeah, we're tired. Yeah, thoughts of giving up come into our mind, but we say, God, I, I know here I'm, on, I'm at the end of the rope, God, but, but I'm not going to give up because I'm, I'm going to stay going forward. I'm going to stay in anticipation, hopefully waiting for you to act on my behalf. Some of you came in this morning and you're so discouraged. And God is saying, just wait for me to give you a freshness, a newness. I'm in control of everything. See, when you know who you're waiting for, you know he's in control. If it happened to us, amen, God's still in control. Amen. And the most familiar pastor is here. And those who quava, waiting actively upon the Lord, will renew their strength. They will mount up on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. This waiting is not passive. It's like, man, I'm just here waiting. God, are you going to come through? It's not passive. Well, I'm just going to sit here and wait. I'm not going to pray no more. It's too hard. I'm not going to believe God no more. It's too hard. That's not what we're talking about. Amen. You might need to remind yourself on who you're waiting on. Remember, it's active. Well, how do you know it's active? Because why is sore run and walk in the same passage? Those words do not belong in the same passage, but they're there because it's active. 
It's active. Isaiah 64, 4, it says this, For since the world began, no ear has heard, no eye has seen a God like you who works for those who wait for him. Amen. So if you're waiting patient, I mean actively, and you're saying, God, guess what? The scripture we just read says that God is working on your behalf. Oh, but you don't understand my circumstance. Oh, but you don't understand who you're waiting for. Amen. When you're actively waiting and say, God, I'm still going to stand on your promise. It doesn't matter how hard it gets. It doesn't matter how many times I feel like quitting God. I know you're working on my behalf. That's the God we wait on, the one who works for us. He does not grow tired and weary, but we do. There's two common things that we all have, the desire to quit and quitting. It's okay to have the desire to quit. That just shows we're human. Because we, we only think we could take so much. I can't take no more, God. And God says, guess what? I know what I created you for. There's a lot more you can take. But right away, then the desire, God, that's it. I'm not going to go forward no more. I've been already ushering God for this long, and nobody recognized me. I'm just going to quit. I'm getting tired. Getting tired of that one person that don't want to move seats when I tell them to move. I'm getting tired of this one person here that doesn't want to smile at me, that doesn't want to shake my hand. I'm getting tired of that. I mean, no, but in ministry, you're going to feel like that, but you got to wait actively. Amen. Saying, God, I'm going to do your will. Maybe you're waiting for a loved one to get saved. Maybe you're waiting for a healing. Maybe you're waiting for your marriage to get better. You know, uh, maybe you're tired of serving. So when we run this race of life, there's three parts to the race. There's a starting line. There's the middle and there's the finish line. Amen. The starting line, everyone is excited. Amen. Everyone can't wait to go. It's like, get ready, get set. Then you fall, start, and you've got to start over again because you're excited. Oh, I'll do whatever you want me to do in the church, pastor. Right? And I need cleaning. Oh, I'm busy that day. In the starting line, you were excited for it. Right? But now all of a sudden, it's there. I'm not, I'm not excited no more. But the new believer starting up with hope, and then you start the race, and then you start running it, and then you start running, uh, realizing, man, this race is hard. I mean, no, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. Everybody would be doing it. Colossians 2, 6, and 7, it says, Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, walk in union with him, reflecting his character in the things you do and say, living lives that lead others away from sin, having been deeply rooted in him and now being continually built up in him, becoming increasingly more established in your faith, just as you were taught and overflowing in it with gratitude. So when we start the race, we're all excited. Hey, I got saved. You're telling everybody I, at your work and everything. I got saved, man. I, man, I'm, and you're, you're getting up. You're praying. You pray for everything. You wake up. You pray. I mean, everything you're praying for. That's the starting of the race. But then we have the middle of the race. Now, for a marathon, they say the, uh, the mile 18 and 21 is the most hardest, the middle part of the race. They say that, that that's when most people quit. Some of you may be in the middle of your race right now, and it's hard. The things of life are throwing things at you, and sometimes it feels like we can't deal with it. And the reality in the physical, we can't deal with it. That's why we have to wait on the Lord in the spiritual and let God to come and renew our mind and give us the strength, amen, and the peace that Bible says that what surpasses all understanding. I don't know why that happened, God, but you're giving me a peace. 
that passes all understanding. In the middle of the race is when most people quit. You feel like no one is there. Right? How many of you may be like that right now? You feel like nobody knows what you're going through. You feel all alone. And then the pain comes in. But why? Why did that have to happen? Why did this have to happen? Why did my kids have to do that? I've been praying so much for them. God, the promise I was standing on before, now the pain is coming in. I don't know if I want to do it anymore. James chapter 1, verse 2 and 4 says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. That doesn't make sense, huh? What do you mean when trouble, opportunity for great joy? Why am I going to be so happy with it? And then he explains it. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. And then verse 4, so let it grow. Look at your neighbor. Tell him, let it grow. It says, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Why? Because we'll be waiting on the Lord and his supernatural power takes over our lives. See, pain means we are growing. That's what it means. When we're going through the pain, it means we're growing. What if we look at pain differently? Looking at pain as building our endurance. I may be hurting right now, God. I may be feel like giving up, God. Maybe you're here and you say, man, I, I don't know what to do no more. I came this morning like as a last resort saying, God, if you don't speak to me, that's it. I'm going to walk away. You know, that pain. You may say, why does that matter? Why does endurance matter? It, 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 because it is what God cares about us to make it to the end. God is saying, I'm giving you what you need to endure to the end. Why? Because one day we'll be caught up with him and all our lost loved ones up in heaven. Amen. And we'll be able to just stay there and worship with the Lord. Now, my second point this morning is endurance matters. Endurance matters. It's not how you start. How many know it's how you finish? Some of us can start off great like Solomon. He started off great. But if you look at the end of his life, he lost everything. He got, went out of God's will. He started off great, though. He wrote most of there, you know. And then when we start reading what he wrote, and then we look at the end of his life, that doesn't match up. It's not how you start. It's how you finish your race. That's why endurance matters. Matthew 24, 13. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. Enduring to the end. The race is not over for you. I know you feel like giving up. I know you're discouraged. I know things don't look bright or encouraging to you. But stay the race because the one who endures, God will refresh. Paul knew about endurance. 2 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10. Paul describes this pain that just won't go away. He says, three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Three different times. He knew what it was. How many are feeling like that this morning? There's a thing I'm dealing with and, and it just won't go away. I keep trying to get ahead. I, I keep trying to do good, but this thing comes back to me. You may say I'm in the middle of the race and I keep praying and praying and it doesn't seem like God is going to answer. Paul's where you're at this morning. And in 2 Corinthians, Paul doesn't actually say what he's going through. And in 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10, it says, Even though I have received such wonderful revelations for God, so to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan, to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. 
Verse 8, three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. He says, so now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weakness and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Verse 9, each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in your weakness. He says, so now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. Verse 10, that's why I take pleasure in my weakness and in the insults and the hardships and the persecution and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, he is strong. Paul knows what it is to be in a race, amen, and, and feel like quitting. He says, man, it was a messenger from the enemy. The enemy was attacking him. And the pain Paul's talking about, he said, it was from the enemy. But how many know that God used that, that, God used that amen, for his purpose? For his purpose. So the pain you feel may be from the enemy, but God wants to use it for his purpose. So in the middle of the race, pain comes, amen. And, and, and sometimes we run out of fuel. Sometimes we get tired. Sometimes we say, man, this is too difficult. You know, in a marathon race, they have gel packs, like little energy packs. And every six miles, they need to take one, and it gives them energy, amen, that will sustain them to finish the race. And in Acts chapter 9, Paul was persecuting the Christians, and the Lord asked them, why are you persecuting me? And then the Lord, we all don't know the story, the Lord knocks him off his horse, then he's blind for three days. He tells him, go over here to, to Judas' house. And, and then he gets Ananias, and he tells Ananias, go ahead and pray for Paul. And Ananias says, cool. what do you mean, Paul? Paul's the one killing us. Why am I going to go pray for him? Right? How I many know sometimes God asks us to do things that does not make no sense? No. And he tells him. But then the Lord comes and tells him. He goes, I heard uh, uh, many people talk about that. But he says, uh, but the Lord said, go to Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles as well as to the people of Israel. And verse 16 says, and I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. He says, I called Paul to do a great work. But in order to get him to do what I called him to do, he's going to have to suffer a little. I mean, when the suffering is what we want to throw in the towel, man. This is too hard, man. I don't understand it. Why? Why did you have to take him? Why did you have to take her? Why did this have to happen to me now? Everything was going so fine. And then out of the blue, this came. Let me know what I'm talking about. But I want to get close with this in verse 31. It says, but those who trust or those who wait in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high, soar high in wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. I mean, that's our promise today. Moms, that's your promise today. That whatever you're believing God for, don't get tired in it, man. You may feel like giving up. You may feel discouraged. But it says, they that run will not grow weary and active waiting. God, I'm actively. Maybe the promises of God, you totally forgot about them. And what God is telling you this morning, I'm going to bring those promises back to life in you. Because you're actively waiting. Yes, I know you wanted to give up. Yes, I know that you said that's it. But my promises don't die because what inside of you dies. My promises are alive. Just wait actively. And then he says they'll run and not grow weary. Let me know that supernatural strength keeps us going, man.
The physical may get tired, but that supernatural strength that God gives us keeps us going day after day after day after day. Then he says they will walk and not faint. Maybe some of you are here this morning, those watching on our live stream, that God is saying, just start walking again. Just start walking again. Start walking in those promises I've given you for your children, for your marriage. Just start walking that I'm still in control of your life, even though it seemed like everything fell apart. Just start walking because in order to start running, sometimes you just got to start walking. How many can say amen? Sometimes we just got to walk. Man, I got to keep walking. Then all of a sudden that supernatural strength comes. And then all of a sudden you're running again. And you're like, man, God, I thank you for your strength, God. I thank you for refreshing me, God. I don't know what you're going through this morning as everyone stands. But I do know that those that wait in the Lord will find, it says, new strength. Not your old strength. Your old strength ain't good for today. We need new strength. And then with that new strength, it says, we'll soar high on wings like eagles. With that new strength, we'll run and we won't grow weary. We'll walk and we won't faint. Maybe you're here and you don't know the Lord. And you say, man, I'm tired. I'm tired. Maybe you're here and you backslid. You walked away. Not that you don't love God, just circumstances drew you away. And you say, man, I I just want to come back. I want to walk back before I can start running in the Lord again. If that's you, just lift up your hands. We want to say a prayer for you. I see that hand. Amen. Anyone else? You say, man, I just want to give my life to the Lord again. I see that hand. Anyone else? I see that hand. I see that hand. All those that raise up those hands, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Say, dear Jesus. Say, come into my heart. Say, wash me. Cleanse me of all my sins.